Jordan. Hi, Liz. How you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm slightly sunburnt. I am full of cookies, and I am ready to start a podcast. Yeah, because this is the first episode of our first podcast. That's right, buddy. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, And for those listening, this is a podcast called The Two Review. That's right. The Two Review. The. Yeah. Two of us. Two. One, two. And. And we will be be talking about second albums from some of our favorite bands. That's right, because we think that the second albums are special. No, we don't think. We know. We know that they're special. We do. You know why I think they're special? Why is that? Because they're kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, exactly. You don't really know what you're going to get. You don't. There's. It's so unprecedented because the you know your first album, it's banging. It's not banging. What the hell is gonna come next? You don't know. You have your whole life to make a first album, basically. And you have the second album. You have the time between the first album and the second album. And sometimes they're straight up bad. Sometimes second albums are bad. (laughs) Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But sometimes. Oh, sometimes it's magical. It's beautiful. Yeah. And and we want to talk about that. We want to talk about all of that. And we're here to look at both. The good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, all of it. Yeah, that's right. Everything. Um, and we've decided to start our first episode with um, the most appropriately titled second album. Jordan, would you, like to, would you like to tell them? Guys, today we're going to start with the bold, the beautiful Led Zeppelin II. A very, for our purposes, a very conveniently titled album. Oh, absolutely. You don't need to go, you don't need to go rooting around in their discography to figure out what the second album is. They told us. They handed it to us on a silver platter. Do Do you think when they were making it, they thought in the future, there will be two girls with a podcast who are really going to benefit from this. <laughs> but but that is basically our housekeeping that we need to do. Yeah. We've, we've told you who we are. Again, I'm Liz. And I'm Jordan. And we're here to talk to you about sophomore albums. That's right. Um, we're going to give you some background on the band, because although we are starting, starting with rock titans Led Zeppelin, we may hit some, some bands that are... Uh, our audience may not know. That's and right. We're gonna hit you. With- I have. Um, I don't know how. To, I don't know how I would describe our music taste. Uh, but I would just say it just runs the gamut between the two of us. You know. We have a. We cast a very wide net. Absolutely. Very wide net. Um, we lived together, Jordan and I. We did. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, didn't know. Yeah. I would say the the collection of music that lived in our college dorm room um, was a collection of music that had never uh, been together prior. It's like if your grandfather yep. and your 14-year-old cousin had lived together. Yeah. And the only thing that they could listen to was their albums. Yeah. For the rest of their lives. That is exactly what it's like. That's what it, oh. yeah. That's, that's, that's our music taste, I think. I don't know. It's, it, it's the four, it's a 14 year old and a grandfather and pretty much everything in between. Exactly. Yeah. But we're going to give you some background on the bands and we're going to give you some background on the albums that we cover. We're going to talk about the sound, we're going to talk about the tracks, and anything else we find interesting ab- about the album. And um, it's going to be loose and kind of free-flowing, free but, uh, yeah. You know, we're just, you know, we're new at this. Um, we're going to take it by the reins, see where it goes, see where it leads us. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, Jordan, I want I want I want to ask you. Um, when did you first come in contact with Led Zeppelin? You know, Liz, um, that's a great question. Um, you see, I grew up going to school, you know, like, I went to, you know, like, private Catholic schools Uh that were, like, either 20 minutes away from the house or an hour away from the house, you know? And what do you do when you're on the way to school? You listen to the radio. You do. And the three stations that were always playing on our car radio when I was growing up were 107.5 Frank FM, 102.9 WBLM, and Q97.9. And two of the three were classic rock radio stations. And Mm -hmm. I'd say probably since the third grade, I had only ever chosen to listen to Frank FM and WBLM because, like, those were my two favorites, you know? And that's probably when I first came in contact with Led Zeppelin and started to enjoy their music. I think the first song I ever heard by them was Ramble On. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Appropriately, right? Yeah. That's that's the first song I remember hearing by them. Um, I don't know if it ever, you know... Ramble on, uh, also, (laughs) Ramble on, also, um, you know, one of my favorite books. Oh, of course. (laughs) Ramble on, both a song and just the plot to The Hobbit. Right. (laughs) That's what that song is, but go on, go on. I grew up listening to classic rock radio, and basically, Zeppelin was on all the time. And, uh, there was a segment on WBLM mm-hmm. at night they would call it A to Z Zeppelin okay and this would usually play I don't know I think it was like it was definitely on Friday nights they would play it from like I'd say 8 p.m to 9 p.m so like this would be on you know during high school I'm coming home from like a soccer game it's late at night what am I throwing on A to Z Zeppelin baby yeah they would play live concert 
footage, you know? Yeah. Good stuff. And then, I can't remember the guy's name, the DJ, but he would go through, give you some background and whatnot, and the best thing about it was commercial-free. Love that. For two hours, just non-stop Zeppelin. That's wild. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my... That's my experience, you know? That's that's how I came to know and love them. That's wild. That's wild because I had a similar situation. We had a local radio station um, that basically played at, like, 9 p.m. That's when that's when they let the let out. That and, is 9 p.m. the Zeppelin hour? You know, because you've got... 3 a.m., which is the witching hour. Right. Then that just means, this must mean that 9 p.m. is the Zeppelin hour. 9 p.m. is the Zeppelin hour. It's gotta be. Yeah. But, you've heard heard it here first. Um, But I will remember hearing Zeppelin on the radio. First song for me was Immigrant Song. Oh. So we went, we went. Wow. You right. went straight in. Straight in. And um so You went you went the hard route, I went the soft route. You did. And but what's funny is that I, I went ha- I went in hard with immigrant song and um well, I mean immigrant songs on Led Zeppelin three and but Zeppelin three is kind of their softer stuff and then Yeah I'm a big vinyl gal. The first vinyl record that I ever got my dad got for me and I came home from school one day and he was like hey there's something on your bed and I was like whoa okay what's on my what's going on in there (laughs) and I went in and it was just like Zeppelin 3 was sitting there and I was like whoa can I touch it can I (laughs) is it real like it was cool (laughs) Zeppelin 3 has immigrant song on it but that's really their softer stuff and i as we get into tracks i'm really uh i'm a big fan of zeppelin getting in touch with their sensitive side man absolutely same here i mean i don't want to get too far into it right now but one of my favorite songs on two is uh thank you hey and i have i have some things to say about thank you as well 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 hey howdy so do i jordan since we're since we're racing towards uh towards the tracks here, can I can I give you a little background on Zeppelin really quick? Absolutely. Let's dive right in, Liz. All right. Enlighten me. So, um, for those who may not know, Led Zeppelin was a British four piece uh rock and roll band that was active from nineteen sixty eight to nineteen eighty. They released eight studio albums, Led Zeppelin one, Led Zeppelin two, Led Zeppelin three, and Led Zeppelin four. Um after that, they released Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti, Presence, and In Through the Outdoor. It was their final album. They released a concert film, and I think Song Remains the Same was released in 1976. The DVD is behind me, but I'm literally too lazy to turn around and get it. I think it's 76, though. <laughs> um, and that was Song Remains the Same. Uh, that movie scared me as a child. We'll get there. Um, oh, I think it scared everyone. Yeah. Children, adults, all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it changed the game, obviously. Um, oh, absolutely. But the members of the band are um, the legend, John Bonham, of course. May he rest in peace. Um, 
Jimmy Robert Plant and John Paul Jones. Um, I truly, <laughs> after receiving um, that Led Zeppelin three vinyl and getting into Zeppelin as a as a kid, I truly was obsessed with those four men. Um, <laughs> on like an unhealthy level, I have a book of just like a Led Zeppelin photo book. <laughs> I was just about to ask you to define unhealthy, but I think we've covered that. I have a Led Zeppelin photo book, and as a child, I was like, Dad, do you think I should get the Led Zeppelin symbols tattooed on me? And he was like, I <laughs> do not. You're Liz- 12. <laughs> I hate I hate, I hate that you just said that because I've thought the same thing right? as a child that I was going to get my first, my first tattoo was going to be the Zoso symbol and the little feather in the circle. <laughs> and then my other issue was like, you know, I had this desire to get a Led Zeppelin tattoo at age 12. Um, and then became a Foo Fighters fan soon thereafter. And what does Dave Grohl have tattooed not once, not twice, but three times on his body? The John Bonham circles. So, So. I mean, mean, why was I not permitted? Right. If Dave Grohl can do it, surely I can't let you do it. If a 45-year-old man can have three Led Zeppelin tattoos. Why couldn't 12-year-old me? Right. Tell me why. So, um, some things about the actual album Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin 2. Um, the album is 41 minutes and 38 seconds long. Um, it was released October 22nd, 1969. Um, it was released on Atlantic, which was the label that Zeppelin was on before they went out and formed Swan Song, which was their own record label. There are nine tracks on the album, and the album was received well commercially. It was number one on the Billboard chart. Liz, I'm going to stop you there for a second. Hit me. You know, I did not know this until doing a little bit of research. And when I say doing a little bit of research, I mean the bare minimum, because... You are a research hound, but that's besides the point. Um, do you know that Zeppelin Two actually knocked off the Beatles' Abbey Road from the number one spot really? on the Billboard chart? Really? For seven weeks, Abbey Road was on number two spot, and Zeppelin Two was at number one. Wow they they really they looked the Beatles in the eye and said. Um, Boys, the time for songs about the sun and, um, you know, gentle, gentility is over. It's time to get funky. It's time for some hot rock, y'all. <laughs> oh my god. It, it was, though. We laugh. But it, it, it very was. It was. It's- freaking hot rock dude like a it was a heavy album it is um um, it was commercially successful um even though zeppelin were really never a uh never a radio band because of that hard rock sound that we just that we just mentioned and jordan i don't know if you knew this but it was actually 
critically received pretty poorly um upon release the i did not know this yeah rolling stone magazine um didn't really like zeppelin as a band um but they were originally pretty unimpressed they actually uh they kind of you know they i don't want to say panned but it was certainly a mixed review and it got a b rating from a lot of reviewers um but it has obviously gone down as a as a quintessential rock album I was gonna say that's definitely not the case today, you know. I mean, I've seen this, I've seen this album on plenty of, you know, top twenty, top one hundred, yeah, best albums of all time, best rock albums of all time, you know. Yeah, it's essential rock and roll. It's essential metal. It's it it's just essential, foundational metal, really. Foundational. That's the word. Yeah, and interesting that we're f- recording this episode now because right now on. Um, not to plug Sirius XM. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> but um, they are doing a top 50 Zeppelin countdown. And my dad and I were in the car listening to it today. And I was like, well, what would you put at the top slot? And he was like, well, you know, naturally, Stairway. And I was like, yeah, like, that's uh, that's that's a fair take, obviously. And I said, well, okay. like, you know, it's kind of a given. What would your number two be? And he said... A lot of love. And I Absolutely. Said, I said, interesting that you mention it. Whole Lot of Love is the first album and was the first single off of Led Zeppelin 2. Yeah. I would have to agree with your dad on that one. Yeah. Jim Shu knows what he's talking about. He does. Um, whole Lot of Love. I mean, it's just right out of the park. It's the first song on the album, right? And... Right out of the gate, we're hit with that amazing power riff. Absolutely. That just carries the whole song. Yeah. In my um, opinion. Um, the lyrics were from Willie Dixon's You Need Love. Um, and they were sued for that, naturally. Right. Uh, well, if you're going to take some lyrics from someone, you know, I mean, yeah. Washington I mean, will follow lyrics. eventually. Yeah. If you're going to take, uh, if you're going to take lyrics from anybody, might as well make it somebody, somebody really great. Like Willie Dixon. Right. You might oh, yeah. as well make the song your own. Yeah. And so, make it a number one too, you know? Absolutely. So Whole lot of Love was followed up by What Is and What Never Should Be. Then we have The Lemon Song. Then we have Thank You. Then Flip the Disc because we've got Heartbreaker, Living Loving Maid, She's Just a Woman, Ramble On, Moby Dick, and Bring It On Home. Where do you want to begin, George? I mean, there is there is so much to unpack with this album. And I think this album really, really cemented the future of Led Zeppelin. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the album itself is just, you know, I think it's a perfect snapshot of the band as a whole, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you can kind of encapsulate the entirety of the band in this one album. From their bluesy days to their folksy days, you know. I agree. Um, and surprisingly enough, it's only their sophomore effort. It's their sophomore effort, and it really, you know, Zeppelin won, because I was listening to, I was, you know, this podcast, I'm very grateful, has given me 
not only a reason to listen to Zeppelin 2 over again, but a reason to listen to Zeppelin 1 and Zeppelin 3, which yeah. um, came before and after. Um, Zeppelin 1 is a heavy album. Oh, extremely heavy. Heavy album. Communication, Breakdown, you know, You Shook Me, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. Those are big songs. And that was definitely thematically carried over onto Zeppelin 2, but they were starting to touch on softer songs. What is and what never should be. Thank you. And they were starting to get into Tolkien and, you know, that sort of stuff. And that obviously set up what was going to happen on three and four. So I think it's a really, it was like a turning point for this band. Yeah, absolutely. And we see more um, of the, like you were just saying, we see more of the creative aspects from, you know, um, the writers. Mm-hmm. We have more songs written by Robert Plant and yeah. more collaborations between Paige, oh, sorry, Paige and Plant, you know? Yeah. Um, we get to see friggin' JPJ jamming on an organ during Thank You. J- JP, John Paul Jones, by the way, John Paul Jones, this is Led Zeppelin's John Paul Jones, not the Bachelor right. John Paul Jones. Nor the famous British sea captain, John Paul Jones. Yeah. <laughs> also, specific, but one of the characters, I don't know if you remember the show Greek on ABC Family. <laughs> Bear with me. <laughs> one of the kids was named John Paul Jones on on Greek, and I remember that, because I was like, huh? Um, but yeah, so I... I mean, I just, I think we're getting, you know, anyway, back to the album. <laughs> back to the album. I think um, we're getting, you know, a lot more of that. Um, I think they're tapping in creatively a lot more so Yeah. than on Zeppelin 1, you know. Yeah, this was- it's heavy. Zeppelin 1's heavy, but 2, we're channeling, I don't know, yeah. the softer side. And I think the, the, the great thing about it is, you know, um, Jimmy Page was self-producing the Zeppelin albums. So you know that, that that the sound that they created on this album was not manufactured. It was coming straight from the band and the musicians in the band, which I think is, you know, neat. They didn't, they didn't tell a producer what they were going for. They, they were doing it themselves. And I don't know if you knew this, but I was researching today. They were actually, they were like, they were touring and making the album so they were like carting around their tapes with them like across the world and they were finding any out like any studio they could and just like sitting down and working on it like they it was absolutely wild they didn't they didn't go into a you know because zeppelin three they basically went into a cabin for a couple months and came out with an album zeppelin two they were like you know, anywhere they could find a microphone, they were basically recording it. Right. Just yeah. on the road. Here's a studio. Let's yeah. hit it up. Wow, that's amazing. No, I did not know that. You think any of the songs reflect that for you? Um, I don't know. Like, you're, really, you're really asking the hard hitters here. Hey. You know, I can definitely see that in Moby Dick. Um, I agree. You know, they were probably just sitting down one day, and they were like, "John, you gotta get it out. You gotta get it out." 
Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it that's like, that's probably one of the songs on the album that stands out to me the most because it's just so different, you know? Tell me more about that. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, is a good, I mean, is a good place to start at the end of that song. Because the end of that song has, I think, John Bonham's most interesting solo. Oh, absolutely. Because the man is truly just whacking stuff. Yeah. And it's working. He's vibing. It's working. No, I've told you this before and I'll say it again. Yeah. The man could probably shit in his hands and clap in a studio. Produce a record, right? Right. And in a week, it would go platinum. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that's just who he is. He's easily the best rock drummer He is of I, all time. I believe him to be the best rock drummer of all time. And um, patron saint Dave Grohl also believes him to be the best rock drummer of all time. Without a doubt. And that's what counts, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would love to talk briefly about, um, well, my favorite song on the album is actually what is and what should never be. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, because I, I would say that one's definitely at the bottom of my list. That's okay. Um, I just, I don't know what it is about it, but. You don't have to justify it, but it is. I think that song is, uh, well, it was, it was primarily Robert Plant writing it. Right. And it, it's it got, like, I would say it's got a, a multitude of dynamics going on. You know? Because it starts off pretty soft and then kind of comes in hard and then we pull back and go in, we pull back. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely fluctuates between, yeah. you know, going hard and going home. Yeah. And going hard and going home. And I think I like when they when they do stuff like that because it feels very um, experimental and experiential. Yeah, absolutely. The song, that, the song that I have most often from this album, I'm realizing, the song that I, I've discussed most often – with my dad, who introduced me to Zeppelin, um, is we we talk about thank you a lot. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've looked at the lyrics to thank you recently, but that was, those were some heavy words. Oh, like, <laughs> like I said before, like, we're, we're getting deep with Mr. Plant there. Um yeah. And Mr. Page, you know? Um, We're feeling some words. Yeah. It, I, and I think that's what I like so much about Zeppelin, is yeah. the lyrics, is the, um, I don't know, the mysticism you get with them. Absolutely. Know? Especially in, you know, Thank You and Ramble On. Like, that. that's what I look for most in music in general, is I'm looking at, the poetry i'm looking at the words not to be this you know not to be a simp but okay i'm looking yeah i'm looking i'm looking for substance 
in the lyrics themselves, you know? I think that is really, it's interesting that you say that, because I think that might be, like, the key to Zeppelin, because anybody could just roll in with the heavy riffs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But they were, it was an, it was a heavy riff that meant something. Yeah, there's meaning behind it. There's meaning behind it, and there were words behind it. You know, you felt like, and you felt like the words were tied to the music. You felt like Heartbreaker had to sound like that. Oh, shit. That's what they were trying to express. Jordan, a little off topic from the music. Can I tell you something I love about this album? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Is um, that we've once again decided uh, the Hindenburg is the proper um, artwork for the band, but also that we've superimposed images of the band with, I believe, people who flew the Hindenburg? Is that what that is? I truly, I I don't know, and I'm reluctant. I I really, you know, I really don't know, because um, Jimmy Page used to perform in a Luftwaffe hat, which is something that I don't think... uh, people are doing today um no not these days i don't think um rumor has it that he would also party in full said full wilsfoffen regalia have you heard that i haven't but i have now (laughs) well have you've heard now yeah well on tour and i think it was like 70 or 77, I can't remember what year exactly, but um, rumor has it that Jimmy Page, after shows, would put on his SS uniform and do cocaine with... As one um, does. As, as one, one does. Do all his hard drugs, you know, the cocaine, the heroin. Was this, was this while he had his 14-year-old girlfriend? Oh, that's a great question. What was her name again? Lori? Something. Something, something like that. Um, yeah, that's that's another thing. <laughs> Do you think that um, a- attacking Jimmy Page, one of the greatest guitar player of all times, do you think attacking his character on a the first episode of a podcast is a good way or a bad way to gain subscribers? I think it's definitely a bold move definitely on our part. Um, For sure. You know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, he's a beloved man. He's a beloved rock star. He is. But it's 2020, people. It's 2020. And, um... <laughs> we, can't, we can't condone this kind of behavior. 2020, and we have some questions. That, that's all. We have some, We've got a lot of questions. We simply have some questions. Um... But, but yeah, uh, back to the album cover. Um, the album cover. I, I do enjoy those characters a lot. Um, yeah, it looks like if a group of homeless men tried to recreate Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, that's fair. Um, behind a paper factory, but <laughs> just look at it. What's it supposed to be? I mean, you and I obviously know that know. that's a Zeppelin. Yeah. That is a balloon filled with hot air. But to the untrained eye? I don't know. To the untrained eye, 
what's going on here, fellas? What this are we doing? Like, this sort of looks the album cover. I mean, like, okay, Zeppelin one. We went, we went in on the on the Zeppelin, for sure. Yeah, it's simple, right? It's um, a- you know what's going on there, right. and it's effective, like you said. It's um, a Zeppelin. It's a Zeppelin. We're Led it's Zeppelin. What they are? They are the Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin three is one of my favorite album covers of all time. The actual the front of the album spins. There's a dial in it that you can spin, but, um. That one is sort of white and an eclectic bunch of objects on it. Right. Zeppelin Four has a hobbit, basically. An actual um, hobbit. Right. When Zepp- you open it, in the centerfold is a rock mountain with a hermit standing on it. <laughs> Correct. That's also true. Zeppelin Two sort of looks like your grandparents like walked out of the coal mine and like made an album cover yeah essentially <laughs> I mean, there's no better way to put it they're they're rocking like the color scheme of coal miners they truly are i mean like and even they've even got the freaking smoke clouds behind them right um which, but the that, color scheme, can we talk about that for a second? The what? The color scheme. Yes. Cloud, because it goes from poopy brown uh-huh. to piss yellow, back yep. to poopy brown, <laughs> and then one shade of blue at the top. One how shade does of that, blue. How does that work? <laughs> and they said, they said, gentlemen, what, what do you think would top this all off? Um, <laughs> I think if we wrote our name in pink, that would that would help. With a photo of our forefathers. Yes. Climbing and out of the woods. And one woman who looks suspiciously like Effie Trinket from The Hunger Games. <laughs> That's right, guys. We've got So it's a it's an it's an album cover, guys. It yeah. They definitely, um, they definitely put that on an album. They did. Wow. I, yeah. Definitely not my favorite Zeppelin album cover. No. I personally, I enjoy Zeppelin 4. For many a reason. Because to me, to me it's like looking in a mirror, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel. Go ahead. Zepp- Ze- no, it's okay. Zeppelin Four. I just feel like that was when they entered their. Um, they're like, woohoo! We can do whatever we want. Oh, phase. absolutely! This like, was like party plane phase, you know. They were like, Hobbit on a hob, Hobbit in a picture frame. Put it on the album. <laughs> On a dirty wall that's falling apart. Right. Like, I think that, I think, I believe I've seen those, those promotional photos is, like, all they had to do to promote the album was just put up a billboard in LA with the four symbols on it. <laughs> like, can you imagine wielding that kind of power? I mean, well, when you have a front man. Yeah. Who worships someone- the devil. 
<laughs> right. Because he's he's writing incredible songs and his his vocals, I think, I mean, obviously he's he's rated as a as an exceptional vocalist, but I think whatever rated whatever rating he's been given, people talk about like Freddie Mercury as the best, you know, band the best um vocalist of all time and i do think freddie mercury is an incredible vocalist but in terms of range of styles and emotion i mean robert plant could sound different on every single song he can go from angry to soft boy so freaking quick like let's think about let's think about bring it on home i mean the beginning of bring it on home he's like oh my god what is he doing there like what how does he do that how does he do that i don't know what the hell he's saying i like that that was just i we were like bring it on home and the noise of heart was just like oh my what does he do like so the beginning of bring it on home and um, like towel over the microphone and like murmured it's so deep and then he just explodes it's incredible i mean his voice is so unique yes that he brings us all the way to the void with his vocals and what i mean by that is if you hear in whole lot of love there's a part i had a timestamp somewhere but i've obviously lost it i believe it's a minute 20 okay where you just like hear him you know how he does his aw 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 that kind of thing I can't even do it I can't even replicate it but I mean how does he do I I just don't get it I mean he was the premier um you know (laughs) the premier set the premier singer of the word baby in um, one and only babe and baby babe baby (laughs) ooze o's and yaz yes he is the ceo yeah yeah i mean and i don't think like you hear people like i'll just use this as, as an example but um like when i first heard the band fun right oh yeah i thought my first thought was like Okay, like Nate Roos is Nate Roos is great and you know, my opinion has um changed over time. I think he's a really talented guy, but my first thought when I heard his vocal was like, Oh, he's like they're going for a queen thing. He's like doing his like he's doing his Freddie Mercury right now. Right, right. You're like he oh he's milking it like Yeah. He he's impersonating. Like yeah. I really haven't heard anyone who sounds like, who sounded like Robert Plant, honestly, until Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, it's been that long until, until we got someone who I thought was even, you know, near what Robert Plant could do. And that's, of course, um, Josh is their lead singer? Uh, you know, that's not a me question. One is Josh, one is Jake. I'm sorry, Josh or Jake, but uh, one of the Kiskas. One of the brothers. One of the brothers is the lead singer, and he does have that Robert Plant quality, but it's been that long. You right. don't get a lot of Robert Plant, um, you know, dupes. Not that um, 
not that uniqueness, you know, not that the ability yeah. to handle that range. Yeah, it's the universe saw that we needed more of it and they gave us Greta Van Fleet, you know? They did. They said it was time. It was. It was time. I agree. I enjoy them. I enjoy Greta Van Fleet a lot, actually. Not to get, not to stray too far from Zeppelin, but. Not to stray too far. I, yeah. You know what? Save it. We'll do a, we'll do a Greta Van Fleet episode. Yeah, we're gonna write it down. We're gonna put it in. But Jordy, I do have to ask a question here. Yes. Fire away. Favorite song on Led Zeppelin 2? Favorite song. Thank you. Thank you. I usually I it it's weird that I picked this song um but after because I usually go for like the harder stuff you know like you know me I am a huge butt rock fan you know you are I love my Guns N' Roses I love my Aerosmith I love my Rush I love my Electric Light Orchestra um And I love that, you know, like, heavy kind of classic rock feel. But something about listening to this album for, you know, the past, I don't know, I'd say, like, two and a half weeks. I've listened to it quite a lot, you know? Yeah. And um, there's just something about that organ in Thank You and the way that it works with that acoustic guitar and the vocals do you think that every time there was an instrument other than guitar or drums they were like who should do this and they all just turned and looked at jpj said he's the man and they were just like but the man played everything dude he's got Everything under his belt. Even the fucking theremin. The theremin. Who plays the theremin? Who plays that thing? No one. (laughs) Only your weird cousin that no one talks to plays that instrument. Like. Right. Your estranged uncle. Yeah. And. John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones. That's right. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Man. And I've, I've already revealed that my favorite song on this album is What Is and What Should Never Be. I think it I think it just it takes you on a trip. Much like Ramble On. I also I do like Ramble On. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you know I got a fun fact for you. Hit me. Did you know that the song had never been performed in its entirety live before? Really? Until a tribute concert in 2007. Wow. 2007 is when they played it fully in its entirety. Just because they were just too moved by the story of um, Bilbo Baggins? Or what was the reasoning? You know, I don't know. I, I that's That's the question, you know? Is that, like, an artistic expression? Like... Did they think the song was so special to them that a live performance, like, would break that for them? Or was it, like, too special for... Holy shit. 
Sorry, Liz. <laughs> There's what? a fucking coyote outside my house right now. Oh. Holy shit. Oh my god, what the fuck? The spirit of holy Jimmy shit. Like manifesting itself, like that's his patronus. Like, heard you were talking shit. Boy. <laughs> yeah, I just had to, you know, he just had to make sure. Yeah. That I knew he was here. Yeah. Holy um, Sorry, that scared the shit out of me. I was like, that's not Coda, is it? Holy shit. Well, welcome to the Wilderness Podcast. Yeah. This has been your host, Jordan Carr. Yeah. Um, I'm Liz Shoemaker. I have not seen a coyote this evening. <laughs> Stay tuned, but, though. But the it's night is young. Too late. Um, do you yeah. think that there is a weak spot on this album? Honestly, I cannot say so. I can. Okay. Hit me with it. The Lemon Song <laughs> made me uncomfortable as a child, makes me uncomfortable now. Okay, I, I can see where you're coming from. There's not one thing about the song that you can't... I mean... Lyrics aside... Lyrics aside... If we, were, if we could pull the vocal track out... Mm-hmm. And you could just listen to one, you know... Because for me in this song, I am really digging that funky bass line. I think it's got... That's fair. I think the rhythm section... You know, I think they're doing pretty hot on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's and, a, it's another... There are three songs on this album that are... Um, uh, that were, you know... Uh, uh, Pseudo-covers. So the whole lot of love borrowed the lyrics. Bring It On Home was a Willie Dixon song. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> Lemon Song was a rearrangement of Helen Wolf's Killing Floor. And I understand that. I just didn't like it. Not a big fan, huh? Well, that's what you get for being a realist, Liz. I just don't enjoy it. I mean, there's gotta be... There's gotta be a weak spot somewhere. For me personally? I mean, dude, honestly? It's okay, though. Mmm... It's also long. It's a long song. It's a six minute and twenty second song. Lemon song is extremely long. You know, I I can agree with you on that one. You know, they could cut it short, definitely. Could have lost some lyrics there, but the baseline. I'll give you the baseline. Okay. I'll give you the baseline. As an, I feel like I think I would have really dug that. I kind of like when Zeppelin goes instrumental. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like we said before with Moby Dick, you know. Yeah. That's basically all instrument. That is all... They have a lot of songs that, like, are... Have a little vocal. Like, the rain song comes to mind. Yeah. Um, Over the Hills and Far Away. Oh, baby. Yeah. Even some of the stuff on three, they don't... You know, they cut back the lyrics. Same with one, too. I mean, like, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave Ya. Like... Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite, favorite Zeppelin songs. That's all, you know? And I love the outro song to Your Time Is Gonna Come, which is Black Mountain 
side. Honestly, anything with Zeppelin, like, if you're going heavy on the lyrics or heavy on the instruments, they're gonna execute it. Absolutely. 80 to 90% of the time. 99% of the time, you know? Yeah. They're gonna execute it extremely well. But overall, I think this is a tremendous album. No doubt. No doubt. It's a tremendous album. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to explore in it. There's lots of motifs that um, are interesting. And I think it fits really well in the Zeppelin canon. It's not an outlier by any means. No. Like I said before, it's like, I think it's the perfect snapshot. Um, I think it just encompasses the band as a whole, you know? Yeah. You get everything from soft to heavy, from from sexy to mystical and mythical, you know? Like, and it's, those, just, it's everything. Those songs where they drew for, from those blues inspirations, I mean, they were a band that was known for that. They, yeah. they, they did that in a, a really big way. And I think people forget that. They think about people who drew from blues, early blues inspirations. They go to Dylan, they go to, you know, the Almond Brothers, but Zeppelin were really... They were a blues band. They're catalysts for a lot of blues-inspired rock. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And for a lot of metal. Um, this album especially, too, you know? Um, I don't think without Heartbreaker you would have the kind of metal that you got. Oh, absolutely not. Or a whole lot of love, you know? those. I mean... Just power riff after power riff, you know? Yeah. Heartbreaker, my my clearest memory of listening to Heartbreaker is, like, freshman year of high school, putting on Heartbreaker and, like, headphones, like, walking into school, like, <laughs> I'm here. AP I'm- History. Who? Yeah. It was shoe. 5'4", and I'm in a skirt, but... <laughs> Ladies, all step outside. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's easy. It's it's not hard for me to say that this is like one of the best albums of all time. You know, I think it's definitely one of the best albums we'll cover. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's appropriate that we started with it. You know, because I think later episodes we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be critical. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have to come down hard. And uh, I mean, this album, it's hard to be critical. I mean, I guess we really, I mean, I hope our, I hope our audience understands that we're not afraid to bring the hammer down. If you look like a dusty old coal miner on your album cover, I mean, we're going to say something. We're going to let you know about it. Yeah. Someone has to. That's right. Nobody's perfect. This album is damn near perfect, but... Yeah. So, um, Jordan, do you have anything else to say before we wrap up? Liz, I'm just, I'm glad we've got this done. Episode one is under the belt, um, and I'm glad it was Zeppelin. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to say that I love these four British men. I do too. And that's not going to be the last time that I say this. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Just for the record. You're damn right, Jordan, aren't you? You're damn right. That's right. 
Um, what about you? Uh, what do you got to say, Rom? For this I, heavy wrap up, I want to say basically the same thing. These four British men really, they, they did what they came in and they did what they had to do. Um, I love Led Zeppelin. I really do love Led Zeppelin. They are one of those bands that just makes me happy. Yeah. Um, I guess the way I want to close the show, if it's all right with you, Jord. Hit me. Um, I'm sure it'll be absolutely perfect. Well, first of all, I do want to say, I think we have a Twitter. We do. Um, we would like you to follow our Twitter if you're listening like to us. We are at we would. the two review. That's the T-H-E two number two um, review R-E-V. I-E-W, and um, I think for our next uh, episode, we're going to run a Twitter poll if you would like to hear us cover a new album or an old album. I like the sound of that. Yeah. and I Jordan, like it. Jordan, our last thing, if you could give me, um, give me and the audience a song that you think uh, that we should listen to over the next... Uh, week or two between our album between our um between our album between our uh, <laughs> release dates and uh i'll give one after that i think that'd be a be a nice gesture sure yeah are we talking does it have to be who we just covered or no, could it be it any song any song you want what's on your mind what's on your playlist any song let's see what am i listening to right now let's see i've been listening to a lot of old country recently actually Ooh. which is like very out of character for me because I'm not a huge country fan. Summertime. But when it comes to summertime, yeah. Absolutely. Let's see here. I'm going to give you, are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. I like it. How's that sound? I really it's like fun. It. It's summertime. I'm feeling the hot weather, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's good times. It's, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, full country, but, like, you know, it's, like, folky, rocky country. Yeah. All that I, good time. I've been, um, I've been listening to a lot of coin recently. Oh. Liz is bringing it new. Bringing it new. Bringing time. it new, new. I like that. I enjoy coin a lot. I like coin. I'm gonna recommend Babe Ruth. Nice. There's some some lyrics in that that I really like. Good choice. Good choice. Like so, Babe Ruth by Coin and Glenn Campbell's Southern Nights. Southern Nights. I enjoy it. All right. Um. Also, another thing I forgot to mention. Um. We are gonna start a playlist on Spotify. That's right. Um. We'll probably. How about we do these two songs, right, that we just mentioned? Yeah. I'll make two separate playlists. So I'll make one with songs that we've covered in the episodes. Yeah. And then we'll do our two recommendations of the week. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. I like it. Two separate playlists. I like it. And I'll post a link somewhere on Twitter to my Spotify in those playlists. Eventually, you guys will see it. Yeah, and we'll have have a page up and running where you guys can find all of our um all of our music yeah exactly and we'll have an instagram at some point too um you guys can follow us on that yeah and we um 
Jordan's made some official artwork, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Working on it. Yeah. Good times. My limited Photoshop skills have gotten me somewhere in life. Mm. Um, But if you're listening and if you enjoyed this podcast, please um, subscribe um, so that we can keep making more. Yeah. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We appreciate it. We've been wanting to do this for a long time now. We have. And uh, glad it's finally happened. Yeah. We've done it, Liz. We done Woo. did it. All right. Um, so this is Liz. This is Jordan. We're signing off. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs>